0: benefit of our silence as was spoken at the last meeting we were all at I was very disappointed watching the meeting that not a single word of what to do once you contract the virus has been spoken about Um, the word treatment did come up but it was not spoken about what treatments are available for people at the last meeting there was a gentleman who spoke and he stated that he has contracted the virus he was terrified stayed in his apartment for a month sick but didn't know what to do this county is doing a massive disservice to the people by not ever speaking about uh, ways that you can either protect yourself from contracting the virus other than these nasty things which are causing strep throat, all kinds of lesions around the mouth and all kinds of nasty things, but you all know this. I don't know why I'm even telling you, you know this. Um, But that's all you talk about versus um my family i contracted COVID over the summer um my husband did my and i have permission to speak on all of this in regards to the people i will be speaking about my father who's 70 years old did my mother did my pregnant best friend did and her husband we all had it. my children we all had it over the summer but guess what we knew what to do how to protect ourselves i didn't live in fear i didn't sit in my house cowering afraid i knew that i needed to take zinc vitamin d quercetin Quinine, which is a natural derivative of hydroxychloroquine, oregano oil, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C. My father went to the beach, socially distanced from everyone around him for two hours every day, and he got over it faster than we did. (laughs) So this county is doing a major disservice. I heard Dr. Alonzo today, she stated that if you come in contact with someone who's contracted COVID-19, but you've been wearing your mask and distancing yourself, you shouldn't have to worry. If that's really the case, then how come 60% of the people who tested positive in New York we're at home the whole time. That's bull and you all know it. So you allow these things, these these propaganda pieces to be pushed out constantly on Facebook, but you're not actually talking about real things that could help people. So we know that this is not about helping people because if it was, you would be speaking about those things. You'll be speaking about the treatments and I've mentioned this multiple times. So you would be, and I can, again, I can speak from my own personal experience at this point of how I got over it and how I am standing here before you today, perfectly fine. Although this does make it hard to breathe. Um, So that being said, I would like to return these. I'd like $5 off of my next tax bill, and I'd like $5 off of my next tax bill for the ones that you're about to send out. I am objecting to the spending of $4 million for masks to be sent out to people that are unhealthy. Did you know in Michigan, they had to shut down an entire school because everyone was testing positive for strep throat, and they're all shocked. How is everybody getting strep throat? Strep throat is spread through the same ways that that COVID-19 is spread, but no, everyone's wearing masks and distancing and washing their hands. It's spread because it's a bacteria. When you're breathing, into a wet, foggy, humid environment, and then you re-breathe that in. You are creating bacteria in your throat. These are literally making people sick. And the fact that you are continuing this political theater, which we know that it is, is not okay. The fat lady has sung. The curtain has come down. The audience has gone home. End it. Thank you, ma'am. Chuck Harvey. And then following Mr. Harvey. Jasper,
1: no. No. Jasper, look at Joshua. And the and book, i think
2: she read maccabee too yeah
1: it's like there's four books of maccabee
2: yeah and then she's saying a lot of things a lot of things not in the bible that we should
1: know, we should know. that's
2: what i'm trying to say. so when they say they say you're not supposed to read those books because you were mad or something it's because
1: you you're gonna know too much and actually live the righteous way you get me yeah I know. <laughs> it's like it's all trickery and they and come remember anytime they make anything illegal why is it illegal for you to read that's, that's why I got I was like yo why is it illegal for me to read I don't understand
2: and why as you notice they, they don't want us to know the truth because why they take it out why they hide it why they don't want me to yeah. know about it why, you know? why not but then still this Bible is so much to read and, and, and
1: can't but you get it. the whole but I mean, when you're born from a little kid remember all these people who are Jewish they know all this stuff is they know this to be. i not going to be stuff by the 10 years old by the 10 years old they know all the stuff that you or me are just learning when we're 40s 50s they know it from them at 10 years imagine your whole life it's a different kind of life you were going to live right because you know from your 10 so when you get your hood and your college people can't really fool you don't you see our kids get fooled at 12 to 21 so easily because we don't have that Stability that foundation. It's important. And they know it's important. That's why they took it out. Because it wasn't important. Why would they take it out? And make it illegal for you to read it. Especially in Jamaica. And they used to burn books too. They used to burn the book them And make it illegal for you to pick up a book and read it. That's why I started reading. So hard, hard. I said no. Not much. And they killed Malcolm and Martin because they read it. And they didn't do no violence. They're just talking.
3: <laughs> but even to start reading the Bible, there are a lot of men and women that they martyred and throw into lions then alive with their babies their children pregnant mothers just because the word is
1: we same one that went to europe and told these guys you have to make people read
3: so that's why even this that we have now, we better make use of it. Because oh. see, they're coming around saying, oh, the Bible needs to rewrite. So they soon start taking the Bibles from the shelves. Yep. And, then, yeah, and saying this is illegal because this you so this one is deep. outdated and they it's become illegal. They have a movie about that. Mo- have have movie
1: about it. that. It's called um, Book of Eli. You seen it?
3: So we have to sap up what we can get out of it's this right exactly now. About
2: it. they say it's mm-hmm. not outdated. It's just the end of the time. When this Bible's done, it's not going to start over from Genesis
3: again to so And the ones that they are write, rewriting is not for us. It's not for us. It's for the Lucifer. It's for the, exactly. Yeah. Because it's for we will be living and reigning with the real Bible. We will be living and reigning with the Word. And the Word is Christ himself. So... We will be reigning with him. No, but if you say outdated, outdated,
1: right? I said, okay, no problem. Not
3: even light we don't need again. I
1: said, okay, no problem.
3: If you notice, if you read, you know, who is going to be the light? The father and the son. They will be the light.
1: It can't be outdated. You
3: understand? It can't be outdated. It's outdated for them.
1: No, it's not Not outdated. It's not outdated
3: for nobody. For them. It's eternal.
2: Because they're not interested in
1: No, I'm not talking about interested. Whether interested or not, it cannot be outdated. Because Steve, the things you see was written over 2,000 years ago. I ask I Muslims this all the time, he said, okay, if it's outdated, if it's not true, fine. But, how come the triple six was written about over 2,000 years ago? And now it's here. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> <laughs> no explanation. Okay. All right. Okay. So I asked him, I asked him I said, okay. Which other man do you know that when they came on earth? So I know a man born every day and die every day. But which man born and then it stopped and it started over? Time stopped and started over. When Jesus was born. Before Christ and after Christ. <laughs> like, which other person do you ever know that happened to? In all your years of history, whether you're religious or not religious, this is facts, right? So, I'm not making this up. And, I asked him again. Uh, I asked because I had Muslims, right? I asked him the third question. I said, okay. So, when you guys are waiting for him to come back. Yeah, we are. He's going to come save us. Okay, no problem. Cool. But, if he died 2,000 years ago, how is it that 2,000 years that died? I don't know if that man lived twice. I don't know if that man lived over 100 years, 2,000 years. So, how was this person that like you said dead to come back and save you? If he's not alive. There's <laughs> <laughs> no answer. For you know what I mean? Because you know it's true. Like, it doesn't make no sense. Because one of, in their book, in their Quran, they try to teach, teach them that God switched out Jesus before he died and let somebody else take his death and he's living with God. If he didn't die. God switched him off the cross and put somebody else in his place. <laughs> right? And switch him off, right? So he didn't die. That's why he's staying with God and he's going to come back. But so I said, okay, so they believe that God does whatever pleases him. And it is his will to do so. It's part of this. Right? So I said, okay, if, God, if this is God, if you say God, it's God's will to do what he wants to do and it's his will to do what he pleases him, right? why can't he have a son? Oh, but he wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know. You just said God is, can do anything. He's, his will to please, whatever it pleases him. Right? Whatever pleases him, he can do, right? You so understand. why would you say that so he's so. incapable of having a son now? It is his will to do whatever he wants. <laughs> right? These questions, like, they can't answer me. bro. These are fiery questions, but it's not even like, I'm talking about the Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't even get into that. Because it's not about that. It's about facts. And this is world history they go by this gregorian calendar and right, before christ and after christ thing. these are facts which man lived two thousand years
3: yeah which human <laughs> hallelujah and why is
1: it not muhammad I come it's not muhammad how come it's nobody else but learning that from about them they even have division within their own because some of them believe that Muhammad was the last prophet, and some believe that there's more prophets after Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So they're division in between themselves, Shiite and Sunni. So they war between themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they
3: can't stand divided. divided can I stand?
1: Shiite and Sunni. Shiite and Sunni. One of them believe that there's more prophets after, and one of them believe that Muhammad was the last prophet. But Muhammad himself, if you know the history of that, they even gave him a fight in Mecca. They didn't want to come to Mecca. They fired him off, tried to kill him off. And then he to send some holy men to Ethiopia. To the Jewish Ethiopia. Kebra Nagas. Send, he sent them there. He's like, oh, they'll take care of you. The Jews will take care of you. They're nice people. You know? Like, yeah. But they're trying to make it look like, when the guy was teaching, he's like, make, make it look like, the Kevlar Nagast at the time agreed with the what's it called the people from Muhammad whatever mm-hmm. the Muslims whatever mm-hmm. that he wasn't um, the mm-hmm. Christ and so they try to make it look like like mm-hmm. he they, they 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 agreed to that like, that's not true
3: yeah and why would um uh, you believe into a prophet who's telling you you can, you know, invite people to the, invite people to the teachings, and make sure if they don't want to accept the teachings, kill them.
1: No, but like I don't think that was him though. I think it was like his and followers. tell you
3: what I, type of people it have to be Jews or Christians. Why not know it, how the really um, religion? I
1: think his followers.
3: But, but you know, Jews so are funny. Christian, kill them. No, but when you say Jews are Christians. And what? that was his loss. his final. It's said in the him book. Though? But in the book it's said remember, it. He can't, he can't write or read or write. So it's yeah. short But in the book, but even if you, you can't read and write and you write a book, he which never is wrote the you. book. Though. Yeah, but it's, he put the words he that he wants the into his book. And they get the title. You know why I say it's not him? Because his
1: wife, Khadijah, was a, a, a Catholic widow. From Rome, a Catholic woman who's a widow. She had all the books, the Maccabees, all them thing there. See? The nephew now, or whatever, the the, the brother-in-law or whatever. He used to talk to Muhammad a lot, and show Muhammad what's going on with you know. So that's why it's identical to the our Old Testament.
3: It's identical, word but, for word, prophet for prophet. So he can't even t- ask his wife to write the book. So even if he asks his wife to write the book or his nephew or whoever, the title is really you. Is uh, you. They, they, they said write they the, book. the book. Though. And if they wrote the book from what you asked but them, they do they the have to for? read the book to you? So re- re- he can't for? write, but he's not deaf. I'm
1: saying they didn't write the book because it was the so powerful they nobles in, the, in, 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 in their world that wrote the book. You know like The head of the state Like all the noble families You know what I mean Any Where you go The nobles They write it And they put whatever They want to put in And take out What they want to take out So you can they They were fighting They were trying to kill him Enough times
3: But Eve not his name Because rabid. they didn't believe
1: In one god You know that right In Arabia There was like Paganism
3: Yeah
1: They believe in multi gods So when he came with this Judaic One god Monolithic Thing They fight against him so, try to destroy, try
3: to kill. If I am going after a book, mm. and the book that I'm going after said this is the writer, mm-hmm. and the writer said murder these people, and if they don't want to, you know, receive your your religion, and another book I read, and that book tell me that do not kill anybody because vengeance belongs to God and it's not for man. To decide who should live. And who should die. I would definitely follow the book. That's said, do not kill. anyone," anyway, you because, because you're you, looking.
1: You grew up like that.
3: Your life is. Whether you grew up or not. Right. People want to live. People don't want to die. And if I read in a book. That in this book. If you serve this God. You will receive eternal life. Why wouldn't I choose life over death? Who want to die? Tell me who
2: oh. wanna die. I hear this Muslim guy. Thank he you. grew up as Muslim and his parents was Muslim. And when he go to school he meet this Christian guy and for some reason they couldn't get along but the Christian guy. He noticed all the Christian guys very humble and stuff like that. And he, then he started to come around and like wanna be his friend. And when he started to be his friend now and he started to witness to him and stuff like that. When he when he read his Bible and it talk about kill Christian, and when he read Christian Bible, and it talks about not to kill and everything, and it measure together, and love, and like love come and on. everything, that's what win him over, because all the bad things that are in his Bible, and all the good things that is in our Bible
1: remember
3: the situation
1: like I could call the guy, remember
3: the situation that Ishiwa was in
1: work
3: right? the soldiers Come. All of them come to take him. And one of his disciples decided, you know what? I am going to put this thing to an end and cut off the man's ears. Now, Yeshua know that they're coming to take him. They're going to put him in jail. They're going to beat him. They're going to hang him on the cross. But yet still, he took up the ears. He could say, okay, Peter, put away your sword. You don't have to fight. Hold on, son. You can't. Oh, we're talking. You don't have to fight. But he, could, he didn't have to take up the man ears and put it on. He could have he leave the ears a- and they just continue with him and take him to jail and do what they have to do because he know he came for that particular reason. And the reason was for him to die for our sins, our transgressions, our iniquity, our curses. Our pain, our grief, our suffering, every kind of iniquity that you can think of, he came to die for that. So he could have said, "Okay, let's let, you know, you guys continue with what you're doing, and leave the man ears bleeding." But no, he resolved the problem by fixing the man ears. And they didn't even know that they could have said, "All right, you know, let's call this off." Call this off, you know. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? My name is Pastor Rose. And today's segment will be taken from 2 Kings chapter 6. And we'll be reading from verse 8. And it reads, Then the king of Syria warned against Israel and took counsel with his servant, saying, In such and such a place shall, my, shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware, thou pass not such a place, for thither the Assyrian are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Hallelujah. Glory be to the God. Therefore, the heart of the king of Assyria was sore troubled. For this thing, and he called his servant and said unto them, Wilt ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said unto him, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Hallelujah. And he said, Go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told to him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither their horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host, compassed the city, bowed with chariot of horses, hallelujah. And his servant said unto him, alas, my master, how shall we do? My Lord. Okay, so apparently there was a king in Syria. And there was also a king in Israel. And the Assyria, the, Assy, the king of Syria was very angry with the king of Israel and he wanted was to war against him. And so he would set councils and he sent forth army to besiege the cities more than one time, the city of Israel. But there was a man of God by the name of Elisha in Israel. And he would know in advance that the king of Syria is plotting against the king of Israel. And so he would tell the king of Israel in advance. So when the king of Syria set his trap and his counsel together, nothing comes out of it because the king of Israel is already prepared. And the king of Syria taught that there was a spy Or there was an hypocrite then. One of his servants was an hypocrite. So that servant was going back with news to the king of Israel. But no, it wasn't so. If you look at verse 12, he called his servants together. And he said unto them, and he said unto them, or we can back up a little bit more. He called his servants together. He said, therefore... So the the Bible tells us in verse 11 that the king of Assyria, his heart was troubled. He was upset. He was angry. He was so angry. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will he now tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said unto him, none, none of us, my Lord, O king, there is a man by the name of Elisha, a prophet that is in Israel. He is the one that is telling the king everything. This prophet knows every word, even the ones that you speak in your bedchamber, the ones In your bedroom. He hear them. I don't know how he did it. But he did it. I can tell you how. He's connected. He was connected to his God. And so God gave him spiritual hearing. And he heard every word that the king plot and trap against Israel. And he would go back and tell the king in advance, the king of Israel in advance. And so the king of Israel would set up himself and protect himself and his city. So nevertheless, early in the morning, let's go down. Let's look at um, verse 14. The Bible said, therefore sent he." Their horses and chariots and a great host because he wanted was to fetch Elisha right so he sent forth chariots he sent forth horses he sent forth great host and they compassed the city about they besieged the city looking for Elisha and when Elisha's servant went out the servant went out in verse 15, it said, and then the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth. Behold, and hosts compassed the city boat with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So the servant, when he went outside early in the morning, he saw many soldiers, boats and horses and chariots, and they come past the city round about because they come to capture Elisha. But Elisha was not afraid because the God that Elisha served also have harmony. And the God that Elijah served the army of God is much bigger than the army of the king of Syria. And so Elisha know that. So Elisha did not have to be afraid. And Elisha knew that God did not give him the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Elisha was not worried one bit. But the servant who was spiritually blind did not know better. So he was afraid. But Elisha, his master said to him, you don't have to be afraid because they that are with us are more than they that are against us. And so the young man wondering, what is he talking about? And so Elisha prayed and he said, God, open the ears of this young man. If you look in verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, hallelujah. Oh, my friends, when your eyes are open spiritually to see the Lord God that you serve, oh, we surround you with harmony to protect you, then you will realize that you don't have to be afraid, really, of a fact, you don't have to be afraid of the enemy because your God have a bigger than the army of the enemy. And so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And look what the young man saw. The Bible said the young man saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Hallelujah. So therefore, Elisha knew that. So Elisha was not afraid because if they had made a, a move at Elisha, they would be dead because you can't fight against God. Who can fight against God? God is the creator. They couldn't even see who they were fighting against because they were fighting against spiritual army. But Elisha could have seen them. And so he asked God to open the eyes of the young man so the young man would see and know the God in whom he trusts. And the God in whom he believed, he would see the army of the living God. And so when the young man looked, he saw horses and horsemen, chariots of fire. Hmm. Who can fight against chariots of fire? So that king was fighting, but he was fighting a losing battle. Big time, he lost in advance, way before he started. You lose out. You can't fight against God. Because the army that was going to fight for Elisha. Was the army of the living God. So it doesn't matter how big the Assyrian army was. They wouldn't be able to go up against the army of God. But they looked like fools when they went to Elisha. Stay tuned. Spiritual blindness part two. Welcome back. Okay. So apparently Elisha the servant of God decided to appear before these men. And so after he asked God to open the eyes of the young man, to show the young man the army of the living God that was going to fight for them, then he appeared to the soldiers that came along. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto God, And said, smite this people with blindness. And so, just as Elisha prayed, it happened. God smote them with blindness according to the words of Elisha. And so, after God smite them with blindness, Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city, follow me. And I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. Now he led them into a different city. They become blind. And I believe they were more spiritually blind than physically blind because they were able to walk. So it was a spirit of um, maybe stupidity. Because they were able to walk to Assyria and Syria was not close. It was over 10 to 13 miles away from Dothan. So they were deaf and they knew because they were soldiers and they knew the city very well. So they knew Dothan and they knew Assyria. So they know that Assyria would be much, they know Samaria was much further, right? So it was about 10 to 13 miles. And they walked. They walked with Elisha all the way to Samaria. He captured them. And he took them into Samaria. And so when he took them into Samaria, the king of Israel saw. The Bible said the king of Israel saw them. (laughs) Hallelujah. And the king of Israel asked Elijah, Master, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? More than one time, he asked a couple of times because he was just hoping that the master said, Yes, smite them. But you know what? The love that it was in Elisha's heart, he was a man of God, a man of integrity a man of compassion, a man who cares for people, a shepherd, a leader, a prophet. He said, thou shalt not smite them. Now these men came to capture him and he captured them and there were a lot. But yet still he said, you know what? You don't have to smite them. But the king was totally different from Elisha. He wanted was to get rid of them because to him, he would get rid of this problem once and for all because they were always, you know, coming after him to, to, to lay wait, to lay in beseech for the king of, of Israel. And so he wanted was to just get rid of them once and for all. So he said, master, should I smite them? Should I smite them? But the master said, no, don't. You shall not smite them. Right, and he said, "Those whom thou hast taken captive, with thy sword and with thy bow, set bread and water before them. You have the handle now. You have the handle; they have the blade. So I want you to know that you is in control because you kept, you captured them. They're in your in your territory right now." They're captured right now. They're captivated right now. So you don't have to smite them. Just, you know, set them down to eat. Let they eat and drink. Feed them. Wow. Feed them. And sometimes you have to feed your enemies. And this was one of the time. He said, feed them. And let they eat and drink and send them back to their master. So by this time, the Bible said, They did, they come no more into the land of Israel to perplex them because they realized that they could have, Elisha could have caused the king, you know, could have killed them because Elisha captured them. So they could, they could have lost their lives, all of them. But Elisha said, no, send them back to their master and they realize and they never return so my friends this is to say when you are spiritually blind you will always worry about your problem your issues but when you when your eyes are hope and spiritually then you will know that the god that you serve nothing will be able to come up against you because he will protect you he will deliver you and he will Send his angels to encamp round about you. He will send armies, chariots, a fire to encamp round about you. and horsemen to encamp round about you. And so the enemy can touch you. You are well protected. So I'm here to let you know that if you is a type of person who always worry over everything, and afraid, you need to know the God in whom you serve. You serve the same God that Elisha served, the same God that sent the chariots of fire and the horses of fire. To surround Elisha that the enemy could not touch him is the same God you serve. And I want you to know that he's not partial. I want you to know that he's still delivering his people even now. I want you to know that he do not change. He is still the same. He's called the Ancient of days. He does not change. He's still the same. He's mighty in battle. Mighty to deliver. Mighty to save. Mighty to break yoke, Mighty to fix your little issues. Whatever you're going through, he's still in the healing business. He's still turning things around, turning life around, empowering people. He's still mending the broken hearts, my friends. I'm here to tell you still, delivering the prisoners and he came for such a purpose and he's still working it out he's still working so when you think he's sleeping no he does not slumber no we do not sleep he's always awake and he's watching over you and over your children and over your children's children he knows everything that is going on in your community He knows everything that is going on in your country. He knows all the enemies that rise up against you. But he's protecting you. So you need to ask him to open your eyes, your spiritual eyes. Because when you're spiritually blind, it's terrible. It is a terrible thing to be blind spiritually. You don't want to stay spiritually blind. Because if you're spiritually blind, then you will worry. And worry is doubt. Worry is weakness and fear. You don't have to be afraid. God said, "Fear not, for I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am beside you to help you. I am your God. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness." You don't have to be afraid. Afraid. For I, God, is with you, and I, God, will strengthen you, and I, God, will uphold you with the writing of my righteousness, and that is exactly what God is saying to you right now. If you are worrying, you don't have to be afraid. As long as you are serving God, as long as you know God for yourself, You are to know that you are more than conqueror. You are to know that you are at the head and not the tail. I want you to know that you are above and not beneath. I want you to know that you are heading forward and not backward. And therefore, God is with you. So you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be dismayed. He said, no, you don't have to be afraid for you will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. Stay tuned. For part three. Welcome back. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the words of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way. Follow me, and I will bring thee to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. So now he brought them into Samaria, into their enemy's territory. Hallelujah. He captured them and he brought them in. And when the king of Syria saw them, the king of Syria said, Master, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? But the man of God said, no, don't. Don't smite them. Would you smite those whom thou had taken captive with thy sword and thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go back to their master. What a good man. Hallelujah. Now the man of God could have you know, destroy them. But the man of God have heart, compassion, a man of integrity, a man full with love and compassion. He said, No, set water and food before the enemies and send so they can eat and drink and send them back to their master. And he did exactly what Elisha told him to do, and he sent them back and they did not return to Jerusalem. So I'm here to Israel. They did not return to Israel. So I'm here to, you know, um, really look deeply into spiritual blindness. Because as much as Elisha's servant was with him for a very long time, he was around a, ve- a great man of God. A man who was connected with God. But yet still, he was spiritually blind. Just like many people are in the church, many people are in the churches, and they are spiritually blind. And they are around great men and women of God who are spiritually. Who are you know equipped spiritually, both with high with sight and hearing. Now the Bible said that. When you are spiritually blind, it's not a good thing. Because even when you're physically blind, it's not a good thing. Let's look at Matthew. I believe Matthew chapter 6 and verse 23. There is a reference there. We can just turn our Bible to it very quickly. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 23. And let's read from verse 23 and see what it says verse 23 said but if thine eyes be evil or we can back up to verse 22 the light of the body is the eyes if therefore thine eyes be single thy whole body shall be full of light but if thine eyes be evil thy whole body shall be full of darkness So as a child of light, because the Bible, you know, called us children of light. We were in darkness before and now we are transformed into the marvelous light of God. So now we are children of light. So our eyes should also be lightened. The light of the body is the eyes. So, if the light of the body is the eyes, and we are children of light, and our eyes are darkened, that simply means we are still in darkness. And the eyes are evil. So, my friends, it's not good. It's very, very bad. Spiritually, it is bad. Very bad. And just like if you're physically blind, it's bad because you can trip over. You know, trying to walk with, and you can see, you can trip over, you can even die if you're not, um, if there somebody don't show you, tell you, or lead you, you can fall over into a hole and die. So my friends, or you can walk out into a car if you're walking on the street and die. When you're physically blind, it's still dangerous, right? You have to be trained to make sure your are hearing. You know you can use your earring properly than you used to when you have your sight. So it is very dangerous and just as it is dangerous in the physical, it is dangerous in the spirit realm. The man of God, which should be man of God, the servant of Elisha should be a man of God too, right? You think he was, but he was spiritually blind. Because he could not see that there was angels protecting them. They they could not see the spiritual harmony until Elisha prayed for him. And then he was able to see. So it is vitally important for us to ask God to give us spiritual sight. To ask God to give us spiritual hearing. It is not good when we are spiritually blind or spiritually deaf. Neither is good. So, I am here to let you know that when you're spiritually blind, it's no good because it will cause you to be afraid. And fear is not a good thing. Fear is so bad. The Bible said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. But fear will cause you to worry. And when you worry, it is not a good thing because worrying will, you know, let you f- f- disturb your mind, cause you to suffer with disturbing thoughts, to fret, to get anxious. The spirit of anxiety will overwhelm you when you worry and you feel afraid uneasy, troubled, that's basically fear. And God said fear is not from him. So fear is doubt as well. Because if you trust that God would protect you and you're afraid, that simply means you're doubting him. And fear and faith, they don't work together. Faith and fear do not work together. Fear is not a good thing. And when you're spiritually blind, you will be afraid. And when you are spiritually blind, majority of the time, you don't even know. Because when a person is spiritually blind, it does not appear to that per- the victim that they're blind. Right? It darkens your understanding when you're spiritually blind. It causes you to be alienated from the life of God. It is a fatal thing to the soul. It is called ignorance. It is blindness of the heart. People who suffer from spiritual blindness are dead. You better believe it or not. Any way you look at it, the eyes is the light, the Bible said. And remember, we just read it, Matthew 6-2-2. The eyes is the light of the body. So you should not be blind when you are of God. It is called spiritual blindness when you can't see the spiritual stuff. It's an inner darkness. The eyes represent singleness and pureness. A divided mind is hard to deal with. And that when the eyes are spiritually blind, it's like a divided mind. It is no different from a person who is confused. It is said a double minded person is unstable in all his ways. Just the same way when you are spiritually blind. You go about like a horse or a mule without understanding. In order for them to move, a horse or a mule to move, you have to put a bridle and a bit into their mouth and put muzzle over their mouth and lead them because they have no understanding. And when you're spiritually blind, it's just like you have no understanding. So ask God to open your spiritual eyes that you will see. And that way you, don't have, you won't have to be afraid. You won't have to be dismayed. You will know the God in whom you trust. You will know the God in whom you serve. You will know that God said he will not put you to shame. And you will will stand in the evil days and look the devil in his face and let him know that you are not afraid or dismayed. Because your God is right beside you and your God will never leave you. And your God will fight for you. God will fight for you. He's working it out for you. He will never leave you. He's the agent of days. And so he have his army protected, well-prepared, surround you. If the enemy had tried to touch Elisha, they would die right away, instantly. Because you can't fight against God. That's why Jesus told Saul that it was hard for him to kick against the prick before he changed his name to Paul. It was so hard, Saul, to kick against a prick. You can't fight against God. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? And he said, who are you, Lord? He was shocked because he thought he was persecuting the people and not God. So when you're fighting a man and a wom- or a woman of God, you're fighting against God. And so if you is a man or a woman of God, your eyes need to be open so that you will know that God is with you. And it doesn't matter who are against you. There is more with you than those that are against you. Notice Elisha told his servant that he, didn't, he should not worry one bit because those that are with them were more than those that were against them. In verse 16, he said, fear not. For they that are with us are more than they that are against us. You know, they're much more than they that are with them. They might look like a lot, but the army that God sent to deliver us outnumbered them. So you don't have to be afraid or dismayed. Hallelujah. And so this is our final part. And it's to let you know, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. As a matter of fact, um, we'll close off. Give one, I'll take a break and then I come back and we'll close off. Love you. God bless. I'm back. So part, I'm just finalizing part three. Okay, so apparently, if you're spiritually blind, you need to pray. You need to fast. You need to ask God to open your eyes your spiritual eyes, because it's very, very important. You need to see spiritually. You see, the children, um, not the children, the, the priests, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were teachers of the word. And so they were spiritually blind. In Matthew chapter 13, they were blind and the Lord spoke to them. The Lord spoke to them. He was not happy with them because they were blind spiritually when they should, you know, have spiritual sight, right? Because they were teachers of the law. And as a matter of fact, we can even look at um, chapter 16 too. Chapter 16, the Lord said unto them in verse 2, he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, he say." It will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Ho oh, ye hypocrite, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the sign of the time? No, they could not discern the signs of the time because they were spiritually blind, and because of that the Lord was upset with them right? Because they knew they're teaching people that the Messiah was coming. They knew the law, the word, and they were teaching. And yet still, when the Messiah was on the scene, they act as if they didn't know that he was the Messiah. Or maybe they didn't know because they was just spiritually blind. And that's why in Matthew chapter 13 and verse Matthew 13, the Bible also explained to us about spiritual blindness. Um, Where is it? I don't remember the exact verse right now, but we'll get back to that part. But um, spiritual blindness is not good. It is definitely not good. Because when you are spiritually blind, God is not happy with you. Because he has not given us the spirit of blindness. If he deposits his Holy Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us. The Holy Spirit is going to guide us. The Holy Spirit will show us things. So we need to ask God to move the spiritual mask from our eyes that we'll be able to see clearly. And that way we will we won't we don't have to worry so much anymore. Because the reason why you worry is because you can't see spiritually. But if you can see spiritually, then you don't have to worry because you will know that your God oh, is always sending help. The Bible said that he sent angels to bear us up in their arms, that we will not dash our feet against stone, will not harm ourselves. He always always sending heavenly hosts, goodness and mercies follow us all the day of our life. Goodness is on the right and mercies on the left, and they follow us all the days of our lives. Though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil, for our God is with us, and He is protecting us. He is keeping us all the way, and He will never leave us nor forsake us. So I want to let you know. That your God will protect you so you don't have to be afraid. And if you are not saved, that protection, that spiritual high that I'm talking about, you definitely won't have that. So you have to first accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Accept Him. And it's very simple to accept Him under the sound of my voice. You can say the simple prayer with me Lord, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my iniquities. Forgive me, I have trespassed against you, Lord. Forgive me. Wherever you are, you can do it. In your car, in your home, wherever you're sitting, standing, stooping, whatever you are doing, lying down or whatever you can say the simple prayer, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. I recognize that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Lord, I give you my heart today or tonight. Whatever time it is in your country, I give you my heart this minute. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart, Lord. Take my heart. Break it. Melt it. Mold it. Make a brand new heart. Oh God, a heart that will be pleasing unto you according to the words of Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, A brand new heart, Lord, and a new spirit within me, a spirit, O oh God, Lord, that will minister unto me, your sweet Holy Spirit, that will show me the way, that will lead me, that will counsel me, that will direct me, that I will go the right path. I pray, God, that you, Have mercy upon me and forgive me for all my sins and my trespasses. I believe in you, Lord. And I now confess that you are my Lord, my Savior, my King, my God, my Redeemer, the one who washed me in your precious blood. I bless you now and I thank you for doing so. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. No, you were saved by you just believing in your heart and repent of your sin. The Bible said, "Believe in your heart and then confess with your lips, according to First Timothy 10. Timothy, nine, 9 to ten. <coughs> so as long as you confess. With your lips and believe in your heart you are saved. And all you need to do now is just baptize and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. If you repent of your sins and baptize, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be your counselor. The Holy Spirit will be your leader. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit will direct your feet. So all you have to do is message us. You can visit us on all platform. And we will help you to connect to a a church. It's um, a Pentecostal church. And if you don't, if you're very far away, then and you know of a church beside you, a Pentecostal you can go and ask them to baptize you, and if you have in difficulty, you can visit us and all platforms and the Lord love and keep you, and I pray that you will share this message the more you share it, you're helping to spread the Word of Almighty God. The good news it's not about fame for me or has. But it's about spreading the word of God, letting other people know the good news, inviting others to Christ. And maybe you don't know how to minister the word. But by sharing this, you're ministering the word. Share it and make sure you give your life to the Lord. Find a church, baptize and begin to serve God, because there is nothing better than serving God. After this life, there is death. there is another life. After death, I mean, there is eternal life after death. After death, there is eternal life, and there is two play. There are two places: L or Evan. And so if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will definitely spend your eternity in heaven. But if you don't accept him, hell will be your portion. And hell was not created for human, but it was created for the devil and his angels. But apparently, if you reject God and his command, then hell will be the place where, you know, he would put those people who reject his law So my friends, I would advise you to choose FN because the worms in hell don't die. And the worms, you know, eat your body and fire burn you in hell. And it's everlasting punishment. Revelation chapter 20 and verse starting from verse 15 right down to the end or to verse 20. Yeah, from verse, as a matter of fact, from verse 11 to verse 20 will explain to you the second hell brimstone and fire and everlasting in torment will be the people who choose hell portions so hell is not a not, like, nice place hell is not a nice place but heaven is beautiful heaven you will reign with your king your maker there will be joy Forevermore, there'll be happiness, there'll be peace, there'll be comfort, there'll be no more sicknesses, no more dying over there, and God will wipe away all tears from your eyes, no more sadness in heaven. So choose heaven. Heaven is the place to be. The Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Love you. See you next time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? pastor rose here again today i bring you good news excellent news it's about time for you to hear good news i bring you the news of salvation and today my friends i'm just going to lift up a word of prayer just give god giving god thanks you know for waking us up this morning father we thank you for waking us up this morning We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for your benefits. We thank you, Lord God, that today is a day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. And we pray, God, that you will cover us. Keep us, Lord, from danger. Keep us from harm. I pray, Lord God, that you will watch over your people. That when they go out today, Lord God, you will protect them from this vicious virus. Mighty God, protect them from harm and danger. As I look to you, Lord, cover us all under your blood this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Today's scripture will be taken from Isaiah chapter 61, from verse 1 to 13, no, from verse 1 to 3, and Isaiah chapter 60, from verse 18 to verse 22, hallelujah, glory be to the Father, I worship you mighty God, thank you Jesus, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord had appointed me to preach the good news unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable ears of God. Hallelujah. And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Glorified, hallelujah. Our Maker in the earth and above everything, dear in, glorify our Maker in the heavens of heavens and above everything, dear in, be thou glorified, O God. We glorify you, Yahweh. The Bible said, "Violence shall no more be erred in our land, waste nor destruction within our borders." but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light. Hallelujah. And thy God, thy glory, Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the day of thy mourning shall be ended. Did you want to hear that again? The day of your mourning shall be ended ended hallelujah what a day what a day what a day what a day it's going to be the day of your mourning shall be ended and thy people also shall be all righteous and they shall inherit the land forever the breach of my planting the work of my hands that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand and a small one, a strong nation, I, the Lord, shall hasten it. I, the Lord, shall hasten it. This is the word of the Lord God of Israel. This is the word of the Lord your maker. This is the word of the Lord your king. This is the word of the Lord your Messiah. This is the word of the Lord the agent of days, the one who changes not, the one who faileth not, your Redeemer, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, your Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, and the brightest morning star, the Mighty Counselor, your Mighty Wonderful God, this is His Word, to comfort you, to bless you, to let you know that there is hope, hope, hope in God. There is hope in your Jesus. There is hope in your Messiah. There is hope in Ishua Amashiach. There is hope in Yahweh, the eternal God, the self-existing God, the creator of heaven and earth. Your healer, Jehovah Rapha. There is hope in your provider, Jehovah Jireh. There is hope in your God. There is hope in your Messiah, in your deliverer. There is hope, hope in Christ. He is still. Working it out for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Remember, he said, I am your God. And I'm standing by your side. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. I am your God. My eyes are upon you. Psalm 32. And verse 8, his eyes is on you, leading you, instructing you, guiding you, and showing you where to go. Trust in God and in the power of his might. And if you don't know Jesus, I can invite you to him right now. Just said, Lord, come into my heart. I am a sinner. I am a sinner, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my iniquities. Forgive me for my transgressions. Forgive me, O God. I give my heart to you. I give my soul to you. I am now yours and your mind. Lord, take me. Melt my heart. Mold it again. And Lord, make it into the heart that is pleasing unto you. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you. Come into my life. Take away this pain, this anger, Lord, this addiction, whatever it is, ask Him to take it away. Ask Him to take it away and accept you this day as you pray in no other name than in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord. We thank you today for your people. Keep them, Lord, as the apple of your eyes. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And today you are saved because you repeat that prayer after me and believe in your heart and confess you are saved. The Bible said believe with your heart and confess with your lips. Yes, and then you will be saved. Yes, my friends, you are saved you are saved. Romans 9 and 10, you are saved. So by you doing that, you can message us, visit us on all platform. We're on all platform, hope in Christ. Or you can just see, uh, visit us at Rita Gill and at, at Facebook and message us and we will connect you to a church close to you. Or if you know of any that you like, close to you, a Pentecostal is perfect because it is Holy Ghost filled, water baptized, and those people have Jesus on their mind and trying their best to make it into the kingdom. So I would advise you to get involved, get yourself connected to a Pentecostal church. And if you're finding difficulty, it's okay. You can message us at Facebook, R-I-T-A-G-I-L-L, and I will connect you. So may the Lord God of Israel bless you. May his face shine upon you and give you his peace. God bless you and keep you. And may his sevenfold spirit from his throne room rest upon you and his sevenfold blessing overpower you and your household, that you will be blessed in your going out and in your returning home. In Jesus' mighty name I prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Next time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? Pastor Rose back again, just to let you know that God is here. This is the day that the Lord has made rejoice and be glad in it you might feel down this morning but i'm here again with good news just to let you know that your god still remembers you as a matter of fact he said from before the foundation of the earth he was the one who formed you in your mother's womb so he knew you all along he knew you so you don't have to feel rejected you don't have to feel unwanted anymore because your God knows you and he have great intention for you. He said, I called you from before you was in your the mother's womb. I anointed you. I sanctify you. I knew you. You are mine. You belong to me. I put my word in your mouth and my spirit. I deposit my spirit within you. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, he said that in Jeremiah chapter 1. And he also said it in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 21. That he put his spirit within you and his word in your mouth. So you don't have to feel discouraged. You don't have to feel dismayed. You don't have to feel afraid either. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes, my friends, trust him. Know that he is your God. Whatever he command you to speak, don't be afraid, for he have put boldness upon you. He said, I deposit love within you, a spirit of love, a spirit of sound mind, a spirit of power and authority to go for it, to change, to affect lives your god love you and he have great in store for you great plans for you he favored you he said the thoughts i have concerning you they are not thoughts to harm you but they are good good thoughts to give you expected and then jeremiah 11:29 29, or 29:11 29, sorry god love you god love you God cares for you. God wants to see you prosper. He has good, expecting ending for you. So don't be afraid. Don't feel discouraged. I know your soul probably cast down within you, but encourage yourself like David. David said, soul, why art thou cast down within me? Hope thou in God. Hope in God. There is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope in the Messiah. There is hope. You are here because he created you and he kept you until this day. So I want you to know that your God eyes is on you. The ones who he loved, he favored and he watches over them. Yes, he's watching over you. He's watching over everything pertaining to you, over your children, over your children's children, over your resources, over everything that pertains to you. And he put his spirit in you that you are empowered to change lives, to affect lives, to root up, to pull down, to throw down Satan territory. Yes, you are empowered. In Jesus' mighty name, you are empowered. So go for it and perform the word that he has put within you. God bless you and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? My name is Pastor Rose and I'm here again with the book of um, Looking Through 1 Kings 6. 17 and one to seven in regards to faith we will look at a character in the bible one a favorite one of my favorite character elijah hallelujah the tishbite um let's read a word of prayer. father we just want to thank you for today we just want to thank you for your goodness we just want to give you thanks lord for your praise we honor you this morning we glorify you this morning. We bless you, mighty God. For you are great and greatly to be praised. You are the greatest and forever shall be. There is no one else like you. You are awesome. You are magnificent. You are great in all that you do. Bless your people. I pray, mighty God, that you will breathe upon your word, that it will go forth with power and it will be, you know, effective to pierce into the heart of your people. This day I pray in no other name, but in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our King, our Redeemer. We bless you, Lord, and we give you praise. Thank you for hearing and answering prayer today. Bless your people now, I pray in Jesus' name. Okay, so if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to 1 Kings 17, and we'll begin from verse 1, and we'll just read seven verses. And it reads, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these three years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee ants, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook charioth, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the raven to feed thee there. So ye went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for ye went and dwelt by the brook charioth, that is before Jordan and the raven brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drunk of the brook and it came to pass. After a while, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So the brook dried up. So notice Elisha went to King Ahab And he prophesied to him, using the Lord's name, that as the Lord God of Israel liveth, there shall be neither dew nor rain for three years in this land. But Elijah, Elijah did not provide any food, prepare any food or water or anything for the three years. Faith. We're talking about faith. Now, even when he told Ahab that there won't be any rain or dew for the three years. So he know that there would be famine. He didn't rush to the store or purchase anything. Right? And so the Lord told him, Elisha, Elijah, you just have to go to the brook. Stay there and I'm going to send a bird or birds to feed you. And the bird that I'm going to send, it's Raven. Hmm. He didn't ask God any question. Faith, We're talking about faith here. He did not ask God any question. He could have questioned God. Because as human, we know that birds don't feed people. Birds depend on people to feed them. So this is impossible. He could have said, no, God, this is impossible. And not only that, raven. Back in Jamaica, we call those bird crows, john crows or scavengers because you only see them when you smell a stinky scent from a dead animal. They would come down and eat. So he could have said, bird, you're sending bird to feed me? Or he could have even said, "And most of all, a raven, a crow, a scavenger. Why not a eagle. Why not an eagle?" He could have asked many questions. But he was a man of faith. He knew that his God was in control. He knew that. God would have done what he said he would do and he would take good care of him. And he did not have to worry one bit because he knew the God. In whom he knew me serve. And so he trusted God. Can you say the same thing? I know my God and I trust him. That's faith. You see, faith, to walk completely by faith is not just putting. or 99% but put a hundred percent like Elijah Elijah did not question God one bit Elijah understand that God was in control and so when God said to go to brook to the brook the brook Cheriath beyond Jordan and stay there because I, God, will provide for you and I will send a raven to feed you. Elisha didn't even ask God how many times a day will the raven come and what are you going to give him to feed me with and how much can he carry? You know, can a bird carry to feed a human? Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah, Jesus. God is a good God. Have, have faith in God, trust God. Elisha depend on his God. Elisha understood that he was human and God was God and God was in control, and all he had was to do was to be still and know that he. Is God? God is God. Elijah was still because he knew that God is God. He knew that God could have done anything he wants to do, and the things that seems impossible to man was possible to God. So, if you want God to cause you to triumph over your situation. You have to be still like Elijah. Be still and know that God is God. Be still and know that God have it all in control. Be still and know that God will work it out for you. And God always work some impossible things. Into some impossible situation. Some situation that you think is impossible. Or you know that you know is impossible. Is possible with God. So allow God to work it out for you. Because the Bible said. That he will triumph. He is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. Yes. He is a very present help in time of trouble. Psalms 37 tells us that we are to be still and know that He is God, for He's a very present help in the time of trouble. And whether you know it or not, He will be exalted in the hurt. He will be exalted among the heathen. Whether He's going to be exalted through your situation or somebody else's issue, He will be exalted. So just leave the issue to him so that he will work it out, that others will see and know that had it not been for the true and living God, this could not be possible. Had it not been for the God of heaven, this would not work out for you. So God worked it out for you and people around you will see and know and they will come to glorify your father, which is in heaven. Don't say, why me? Now you need to change the new norm and change it to the new norm and said, why not me? Why not me? When the troubles come, say, why not me? So your God will be glorified in you and through your troubles and through your situation. Give it to God when it come. Say, why not me? And just give it to your maker, give it to your creator, give it to your deliverer, give it to your way maker, give it to the Messiah and let He work it out in your favor. Let He work it out that others will see and be in awe wondering, how could this be and confess that had it not been for the God of heaven, then this could not be possible. They will know just like Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar knew right off the back when he went to Daniel the next morning and realized that the lions did not eat Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar said, Daniel, I know that your God would deliver you. Even though Daniel was thrown in the den because he didn't want to bow to Nebuchadnezzar God. Nebuchadnezzar recognized that God was real and that God worked it out in Daniel's favor. God bless you. And may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Stay tuned. I'm back. Okay, so if God did it for Elijah, don't you know he is still the same God? His word declare that he is still God. He changes not. He is the agent of days. So if he did it for Elijah and the Bible said, God is not a partial God. Don't you know he'll do it for you? Well, if you believe that he'll do it for you, just let go and let God. Don't worry about the situation. Just leave it in the hand of God. Say, God, take it over. Here it is. And whatever God tells you to do, don't question God. God is God and man is man. The things that seems impossible to man is possible with God. So just allow God to work it out for you. Give it to him. Have faith. We're talking about faith. faith. Just say, God, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Here it is. Take it over. Deal with it. Because you are God and this is nothing for you. And watch God. Just stand still and watch God. Stand still and watch God. The word of God said to stand still and see and know that he is God. The God of hosts is with you. The God of Jacob is your refuge. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Stand still and watch your God work it out in your favor. And for those of you who are not saved, I am here today to let you know that this is your day. This is your day. Do not harden your heart and stiffen your neck. Today is your day. It is very simple to come to Christ. It's just few simple steps. And I am going to lead you into those steps right now. So first of all, come with a willing heart. Come with your heart door open, because Jesus wants to come into your heart. And that's the only way you are going to be saved. If you allow him to come into your heart, open your heart and say, Lord, come into my heart. Come in, I pray. Come in to stay. Come in, Lord Jesus. Come in. I am sorry for my sins. Forgive me of my sins, my iniquities, my trespasses. Yes, Lord God, I recognize that I have transgressed against you. Just say these words with me. Simple prayer, Lord, forgive me. I recognize that I have transgressed. I repent of all my sins. I repent of all my iniquities and my trespasses. Forgive me, O God. Forgive me, Lord, here I am to bow down to you, Lord, and to confess of my sins and to confess that with my lips, to believe in my heart and to confess with my lips that I believe in you. I believe you came. I believe you took on my sins and my iniquities and you died. You died for me so that I can have life and have it more abundantly here i am lord and you was risen and you are now seated at the right hand of your father make an intercession for me here i am lord forgive me of my sins forgive me of my trespasses forgive me o oh god i renounce all of the god's right now and lord i place you at the highest place i exalt you i exalt you jesus i magnify you jesus and i crown you lord of all I bless you now. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Thank you, Lord, for washing me into your blood. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for me. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you and I bless you. And from this day forward, I will serve no other gods but the true and living God, the God of heaven and earth. Yahweh of Israel. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Thank you. Thank you for your peace that passeth all human understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done. In Jesus' mighty name I prayed. Amen. Amen. And I'm here to let you know that Romans chapter 9 to 10 tells us that if you Believe in your heart and the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your lips. Then you are saved. So you are saved today. All you have to do is message us at R-I-T-A space G-I-L-L Gil, Rita Gill, Big Har and Big G, Rita Gill. Message us and we will connect you. To and or you can connect us on all platforms, you can find us on all platforms. We're also on Instagram and you know, so forth. So, you can message us and we can connect you to a Holy Ghost filled church, we can connect you to a Pentecostal church. So, that way, you will be able to get baptized because the next level is to baptize, and once you baptize, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit according to. Acts 2 and verse 38, you repent of your sins and then baptize and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is vitally important. And that's why we baptize, not only to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also to show to the world that we are now um, part of Jesus Christ. We bury with him and resurrect with him. And we're identifying ourselves as one of of, as a follower of Jesus Christ so message us feel free or if there if there's a church beside you close to you or one that you um attend before and you like and you want to go back and they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they believe that he do have a father and you know the holy spirit and the father and the son work together as trinity It's called the triune God, which Genesis talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And, you know, it created all things. And um, the word said, let us made man. It was the triune God, Elohim, the plural God, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit, which is also displayed in Matthew chapter three, when Jesus went to baptize. And John baptized him and the minute he raised him out of the water, the dove were ascended from heaven that um, rested on his shoulder that represent the Holy Spirit. And the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we realized that there was three different entities displayed in Matthew chapter 3. And um, notice it was Matthew chapter 3 and the number 3 mean Trinity again you know so according to numerology so 3 is vitally important so but it's one god but three different entity the father the son and when jesus was on earth we heard in many on many occasions jesus testified of the father that i do have a father in heaven and in revelation chapter 6 the final chapter jesus said revelation chapter 1 and verse 6 that i will rep- i will present you to my father Right? As kings and priests. He will present us to his father in the final chapter. So Jesus do have a father. And the father sent his only begotten son. John three sixteen 16 again tells us that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And Acts four twelve 12 tells us that there is no other name under the sun in which man shall be saved, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No name, no other name under the heaven in which we shall be saved. So, trust Jesus, love on him, and today you are saved. Congratulations, you are saved. You give your life to Jesus, you are saved. Give him your troubles now. Give him all the cares that you are carrying in this world. And you will feel much better, much lighter. God bless you. And may his face shine upon you and give you peace. And I pray that he will cover you all under his coverage, under his banner, And there is peace. Jehovah Shalom cover you. Peace be with you. I'm back. Okay, so if God did it for Elijah, don't you know he is still the same God? His word declare that he is still God. He changes not. He is the agent of days. So if he did it for Elijah and the Bible said God is not a partial God, don't you know he'll do it for you? Well, if you believe that he'll do it for you, just let go and let God. Don't worry about the situation. Just leave it in the hand of God. Say, God, take it over. Here it is. And whatever God tells you to do, don't question God. God is God and man is man. The things that seems impossible to man is possible with God. So, Just allow God to work it out for you. Give it to him. Have faith. We're talking about faith. 100% faith. Just say, God, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Here it is. Take it over. Deal with it. Because you are God and this is nothing for you. And watch God. Just stand still and watch God. Stand still and watch God. The word of God said to stand still and see and know that He is God. The God of hosts is with you. The God of Jacob is your refuge. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Stand still and watch your God work it out in your favor. And for those of you who are not saved, I am here today to let you know that this is your day. This is your day. Do not harden your heart and stiffen your neck. Today is your day. It is very simple to come to Christ. It's just a few simple steps. And I am going to lead you into those steps right now. So first of all, come with a willing heart. Come with your heart door open. Because Jesus wants to come into your heart. And that's the only way you are going to be saved. If you allow him to come into your heart. Open your heart and said, Lord, come into my heart. Come in, I pray. Come in to stay. Come in, Lord Jesus, come in. I am sorry for my sins. Forgive me of my sins, my iniquities, my trespasses. Yes, Lord God, I recognize that I have transgressed against you. Just say these words with me. Simple prayer. Lord, Forgive me, I recognize that I have transgressed. I repent of all my sins. I repent of all my iniquities and my trespasses. Forgive me, O God. Forgive me, Lord. Here I am to bow down to you, Lord, and to confess of my sins and to confess That with my lips, to believe in my heart and to confess with my lips that I believe in you. I believe you came. I believe you took on my sins and my iniquities and you died. You died for me so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. Here I am, Lord, and you was risen. And you are now seated at the right hand of your father, making intercession for me. Here I am, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me, O God. I renounce all of the gods right now. And Lord, I place you at the highest place. I exalt you. I exalt you, Jesus. I magnify you, Jesus. And I crown you, Lord of all. I bless you now. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Thank you, Lord, for washing me into your blood. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for me. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you and I bless you. And from this day forward, I will serve no other gods but the true and living God, the God of heaven and earth, Yahweh of Israel, Jehovah, Shalom, my peace. Thank you. Thank you for your peace that passeth all human understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done. In Jesus' mighty name I prayed. Amen. Amen. And I'm here to let you know that Romans chapter 9 to 10 tells us that if you believe in your heart and the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your lips, then you are saved. So you are saved today. All you have to do is message us. At R I T A Space G I L L Gill Gil. Rita Gill Big R and Big G Rita Gill. Message us and we will connect you to. And or you can connect us on all platforms. You can find us on all platforms. We're also on Instagram and, you know, so forth. So you can message us and we can connect you to Holy Ghost filled Church. We can connect you to a Pentecostal church. So that way you will be able to get baptized because the next level is to baptize. And once you baptize, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit according to Acts 2 and verse 38. You repent of your sins and then baptize and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is vitally important. And that's why we baptize, not only to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also to show to the world that we are now um, part of Jesus Christ. We bury with him, resurrect, and resurrect with him. And we are identifying ourselves as one of, uh, of as a follower of Jesus Christ. So message us feel free or if there, if there's a church beside you close to you or one that you um attend before and you like and you want to go back and they believe in the lord jesus christ and they believe that he do have a father and you know the holy spirit and the father and the son work together as trinity it's called a triune god which genesis talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and you know It created all things, and um, the word said, let us made man. It was the triune God, Elohim, the plural God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is also displayed in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus went to baptize, and John baptized him, and the minute he raised him out of the water, the dove, were ascended from heaven that um, rested on his shoulder that represent the Holy Spirit. And the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we realized that there was three different entity displayed in Matthew chapter 3. And um, notice it was Matthew chapter 3 and the number 3 mean Trinity again. You know, so according to numerology. So 3 is vitally important. So, but it's one God, but three different entities, the father, the son. And when Jesus was on earth, we heard in many, on many occasions, Jesus testified of the father that I do have a father in heaven. And in Revelation chapter six, the final chapter, Jesus said, Revelation chapter one and verse six, that I will, rep- I will present you to my father, right? As kings and priests. He will present us to his father in the final chapter. So Jesus do have a father. And the father sent his only begotten son. John 3, 16 again tells us that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And Acts 4, 12 tells us that there is no other name under the son in which man shall be saved but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No, name, no other name under the heaven in which we shall be safe. So, trust Jesus, love on him, and today you are saved. Congratulations, you are saved. You give your life to Jesus, you are saved. Give him your troubles now. Give him all the cares that you're carrying in this world, and you will feel much better, much lighter. God bless you, and may his face shine upon you and give you peace. And I pray that he will cover you all under his coverage under his banner. And there is peace. Jehovah shall cover you. Peace be with you. I'm back. Okay, so if God did it for Elijah, don't you know he is still the same God? His word declare that he is still God. He changes not. He is the agent of days. So if he did it for Elijah and the Bible said God is not a partial God, don't you know he'll do it for you? Well if you believe that he'll do it for you, just let go and let God. Don't worry about the situation. Just leave it in the hand of God. Say God take it over. Here it is. And whatever God tells you to do, don't question God. God is God and man is man. The things that seems impossible to man is possible with God. So just allow God to work it out for you. Give it to him. Have faith. We're talking about faith. 100% faith. Just say God, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Here it is. Take it over. Deal with it. Because you're God and this is nothing for you. And watch God. Just stand still and watch God. Stand still and watch God. The word of God said to stand still and see and know that He is God. The God of hosts is with you. The God of Jacob is your refuge. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Stand still and watch your God work it out in your favor. And for those of you who are not saved, I am here today to let you know that this is your day. This is your day. Do not harden your heart and stiffen your neck. Today is your day. It is very simple to come to Christ. It's just few simple steps. And I am going to lead you into those steps right now. So first of all, come with a willing heart. Come with your heart door open. Because Jesus wants to come into your heart. And that's the only way you are going to be saved. If you allow him to come into your heart. Open your heart and said, Lord, come into my heart. Come in, I pray. Come in to stay. Come in, Lord Jesus. Come in. I am sorry for my sins. Forgive me of my sins, my iniquities, my trespasses. Yes, Lord God, I recognize that I have transgressed against you. Just say these words with me. Simple prayer, Lord Forgive me. I recognize that I have transgressed. I repent of all my sins. I repent of all my iniquities and my trespasses. Forgive me, O God. Forgive me, Lord. Here I am to bow down to you, Lord, and to confess of my sins and to confess that with my lips to believe in my heart and to confess with my lips that I believe in you I believe you came I believe you took on my sins and my iniquities and you died you died for me so that I can have life and have it more abundantly here I am lord and you was risen and you are now seated at the right hand of your father make it intercession for me Here I am, Lord, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my trespasses, forgive me, O God. I renounce all other gods right now, and Lord, I place you at the highest place. I exalt you, I exalt you, Jesus, I magnify you, Jesus, and I crown you, Lord of all. I bless you now. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Thank you, Lord, for washing me into your blood. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for me. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you and I bless you. And from this day forward, I will serve no other gods but the true and living God, the God of heaven and earth, Yahweh of Israel, Jehovah, Shalom, my peace. Thank you. Thank you. For your peace that passeth all human understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done. In Jesus' mighty name I prayed. Amen. Amen. And I'm here to let you know that Romans chapter 9 to 10 tells us that if you believe in your heart and the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your lips, then you are saved. So you are saved today. All you have to do is message us. At R I T A Space G I L L Gill Gil. Rita Gill Big R and Big G Rita Gill Message Us and we will connect you to And or you can connect us on all platforms. You can find us on all platforms. We're also on Instagram and you know so forth. So you can message us and we can connect you to a Holy Ghost filled church. We can connect you to a Pentecostal church. So that way you will be able to get baptized because the next level is to baptize. And once you baptize, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit according to Acts two and verse thirty eight. You repent of your sins and then baptize and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is vitally important, and that's why we baptize not only to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit but also to show to the world that we are now a um, part of Jesus Christ. We bury with Him, resurrect, and resurrect with Him, and we are identifying ourselves as one of, uh, of as a follower of Jesus Christ. So message us feel free or if there's if there's a church beside you close to you or one that you um attend before and you like and you want to go back and they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they believe that he do have a father and you know the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son work together as Trinity it's called a triune God which Genesis talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and you know it created all things, and um, the word said, let us made man. It was the triune God, Elohim, the plural God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is also displayed in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus went to baptize, and John baptized him, and in the minute he raised him out of the water, the dove were ascended from heaven that um, rested on his shoulder that represent the Holy Spirit. And the voice said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we realized that there was three different entities displayed in Matthew chapter 3. And um, notice it was Matthew chapter 3 and the number 3 mean Trinity again. You know, so according to numerology. So 3 is vitally important. So, but it's one God, but three different entities, the father, the son. And when Jesus was on earth, we heard in many, on many occasions, Jesus testified of the father that I do have a father in heaven. And in Revelation chapter six, the final chapter, Jesus said, Revelation chapter one and verse six, that I will, rep- I will present you to my father. Right? As kings and priests. He will present us to his father in the final chapter. So Jesus do have a father. And the father sent his only begotten son. John 3, 16 again tells us that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And Acts 4, 12 tells us that there is no other name under the son in which man shall be saved but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No name, No other name under the heaven in which we shall be safe. So, trust Jesus, love on him, and today you are saved. Congratulations, you are saved. You give your life to Jesus, you are saved. Give him your troubles now. Give him all the cares that you are carrying in this world, and you will feel much better, much lighter. God bless you, and may his face shine upon you and give you peace. And I pray that he will cover you all under Is coverage under his banner and there is peace. Jehovah Shalom cover you. Peace be with you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? My name is Pastor Rose and I'm back again today with good news today. Excellent news. It's about time for you to get good news. And I'm here to bring the good news of salvation. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord had appointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable years of God and the days of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the morning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that ye might be glorified, that your God might be glorified in you and through you, Glorified in the earth, glorified above everything in the earth, glorified in the heavens of heavens and above everything therein, our maker will be glorified. The Bible said, violence shall no more be erred in your land, wasting nor destruction in your borders, but you shall be called thy walls of salvation. And thy gates of praise, the sun shall no more your light by day, neither your brightness shall be the moon or give light unto you anymore, but the Lord shall be unto you an everlasting light, the Lord Himself, and the God of your Redeemer, your glory. Your wonderful King of Kings, your Lord of Lords, your Prince of Peace, your Rose of Sharon shall be your glory. And your sun shall no more go down, neither shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be your everlasting light. Hallelujah. And the days of your mourning shall be ended, henceforth and forever, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And your people also shall be all righteous. Your family, your friends, the people of Almighty God, their name shall be called Children of the Most High. And they shall inherit the land forever and ever, And the breach of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand and shall one. A strong nation, I, the Lord, will ace it. I, the Lord, will make sure it is done. And hear he the word of the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, the God of the heaven and earth, your Redeemer, your Maker, your Protector, your Deliverer, the King of all Kings, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, your Maker, Ishua Amashiach, Atorah, the Living Word, your God, the One, woke you up this morning, the one who comforts. The one who delivers. He's here calling him. He's here. Look to him. He's here. Call him up and tell him what you need. He's waiting. Waiting on you. Waiting on you just to call on him. He wants you to call him. He's here to comfort you. He's here to deliver you. He's here to mend your broken hearts. He's here to set the captives free. He's here to cause you to rejoice again. Hallelujah. Glory be to him. May the Lord God bless you. May the Lord God of Israel keep you. May the ancient of days watch over you and give you great peace. God bless you. See you next time. Good evening ladies and gentlemen, how are you today? My name is Pastor Rose and I'm here back in the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 and we will do maybe about four verses, let's see. And if you have your Bible with me with you, turn along with me so we can read together. And remember we're reading the prophetic book. As a matter of fact, if you read this book, you will be blessed. If you do according to the prophecies of this book, you will be blessed. And if you listen to it read, then you will be also blessed with triple blessings. So if I were like you, I would have grabbed my Bible and just begin to read along. So you will just grasp the three
2: blessings.
3: Because you know we need the blessings we need the blessings it is mentioned this is the only book that promises you three blessings for you one only to read two only to listen and three to do according to and a lot of people shun away from this book because of the signs and the mysteries and the wonders and the woes and all of those, but I'm here to tell you that this book is not complicated at all. It is called Revelation because it is already revealed. And so the Lord told his servant John to reveal it to the churches. So this is a very prophetic book. It's very important that you read Revelation. This book, the Bible itself, it's a roadmap to take you from the beginning to the end. And Revelation is the final book. It's the book that explains to you where you will be going, what your home is going to be like, the materials that create the home, the one who make the home, fashion. The fashion designer, the, you know, the architecture and everything about your beautiful home, your final destination, Revelation, it is revealed only for only one verse in the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation contain over 400 verses. And only one verse out of 400, over 400 verses is not revealed. And that is verse 4 of chapter 10. But all the other verses are revealed. So grab your Bible with confidence. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Feel comfortable. Grab your Bible and read along with me. Okay, let's read again. So the Bible said that this prophecy was given unto this church by the writer John and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true. He that at the key of David, he that opened it, and no man shut it, and shut it, and no man opened it. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my faith. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. And to know that I love thee, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world, to try them that sell, that dwell on the earth. Be all I come quickly, all fast, that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And we will start right there. Verse 11. So we read 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 verses. Revelation is something you don't need to rush. You need to take your time and dissect it and really enjoy it. Okay, so the Bible said... This was written to a church by the name of Philadelphia. And apparently, out of all the seven churches, Philadelphia was actually the best. Because the church of Philadelphia, the Lord was happy with this church. And as Christians, as we are churches, we want the Lord to be happy with us. So we want to be like the church of Philadelphia Because the church of Philadelphia, the Lord didn't find any fault with Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, he applied Philadelphia big time. And he said, as for you, Philadelphia, you have kept my patience. I love that. Yes, you have kept my patience. Let's see where he said that. He said it in verse 10. He said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I too. I will also keep, from, keep you from the hour of temptation which will come upon all the earth. Because they were pleasing to God. Because they do exactly what God commanded them. They had kept the faith. They had kept this patience. The Bible said a man with patience lacked nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Imagine you're complete. Nothing is missing in your life. Nothing is wanting in your life. Nothing is needed. Nothing is lacking. Nothing absent. You just have a fulfilled life. Well, God wants us to have patience. Because if you have patience, then nothing will be missing, lacking, or wanting. And therefore, in order to run this race, you need patience. For the Bible said you are not running this race because you are strong. Or because you are mighty, or because you are swift, or because you have experience. As a matter of fact, everyone that run this race are called to run this race is, you know, are inexperienced. You don't need experience to run this race. You don't have to be strong, so there's no excuse to run the race. But in order to run the race, you have to run it with patience. And patience is one of the fruit that the Lord wants us to acquire, right? So once you acquire patience, it is vitally important that you exercise it. And you have to exercise it. There's no way you are going to, you know, be a child of God and don't exercise patience. Because what? Patience and faith, they work hand in hand together along with hope. And therefore, if you don't have patience, you can't have faith. And it is impossible, according to Hebrews chapter 11, to please God without faith, right? So you need faith and you need patience and you need hope. They all work together. And once there's life, there's hope, right? So we all have them down packed. So acquire them and operate in them. So now, if you operate in patience, then whatever you do, You will try your best to please the Lord. Because remember, He is the King. And the King is coming back again. And the King wants you to prepare, to be ready, to be watchful, to be vigilant, to be steadfast, to be unmovable, and to be doing the things that are pleasing unto Him. So that when He comes, He will find you busy doing the right stuff. And that way, He will be happy with you. And then he will pay you because he said he's coming back to pay every man according to their work shall be. And there is a time that is going to come upon the earth. And it's a time of temptation. He call it the hour of temptation. Look at verse 10. Because you as kept the word of my patient, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation. We shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, this is a vicious hour that is coming and it's here already. It's the spirit of deception. It's this devil working over time. If you look at chapter 12 of Revelation and verse 8, I believe you will see the, um, that Satan is working over time. Yes, yeah, Satan is working overtime. Trying to deceive the whole earth. Yes. It's um it's chapter 12. He's work is is working overtime, chapter 12 and verse 12. Yes. He have but a short time, a very short time, so he's working overtime. Right? And that work that he's doing over time is to deceive the earth. For them to take it is the image, which because remember, Satan is the beast, right? The dragon, the devil, the serpent. He's working over time for you to take his mark and his image and to worship the beast. But the Lord said, don't do it because if you do it. You won't have any Latin part with God and he will pour out his wrath upon you. Chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, explain it all. But we'll get back there. But let's do this chapter. Chapter 3. Okay, so the Bible said that God will keep you from the hour of temptation. And once God keep you, baby, you're safe. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what to do at such a time. Will lead you, will comfort you, will counsel you. And will guide you into all truth. And you won't be able to mess up. You will be, is elect. But you have to stay in tune. Like this particular church, Philadelphia. They stayed in tune. Whatever they does, it pleased God. God was happy with them. And so God said, I am going to set an open door before you. And when I set that door, you don't have to worry. You just go in and possess because guess what? No man can shut that door. And when I shut a door, I want you to understand that no man can open that door either. It is well shut. It's like the ark. Remember the ark that Noah created the ark? God told him to create that ark and put a pair of every animal into the ark and also, you know, his family. And when the rain when the rain came, then the hard door was shut and the people were crying out to Noah to hope and to rescue them. But Noah could not open the door because when God shut a door, no man can open it. If he don't give you a key to open that door, you're staying in or out. Right? So God said, because he was happy with the church of Philadelphia, he opened a door for them so they could go in. They could possess, they could relax. Nothing was missing or wanting in their life, in their lives, because they did the stuff that was pleasing unto God. And therefore, verse 11, we stopped at verse 11. Verse 11 said, verse 11 said, behold, I come quick quickly. He said, behold, I am coming quickly, very quick. He's coming back. Quickly, You don't know the minute. You don't know the hour. That's why he said in Matthew chapter 24, watch and pray. Watch and pray. The Bible said to be steadfast, to be vigilant, to be immovable. And keep your eyes and the prize, the mark, which is in the higher calling of Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said. Now, Matthew chapter 24 said... That he can come like a thief in the night. A thief in the night. No man expects. Or else. You would sit up and watch. To make sure. You do everything. You can. In your power. To prevent that thief from coming. If he's able to get a knife. Or something to chop off his feet. Or his hand. When he tried to enter. You would do everything in your power. Just to prevent that thief. Right? That's what I'm trying to say. Nevertheless. When you watch, the Bible said he's coming quickly. He's, time is imminent. The time is at hand. Meaning he can come this minute, next minute, one hour. So don't be, you know, don't be complacent. And just uh, don't The time. Procrastinate, sorry. Don't procrastinate then. The time, because we don't know the time, the minute or the hour. And time is short. He said it will shorten the days for the elect's sake. And we can see the time are getting shorter and shorter. Now in verse 11, he said, Behold, I come quickly, hold fast, that which thou hast, and let no man take thy crown. What does that mean? It means that you are to hold on to your crown. In order for you to receive that crown, when the Savior returns, it is your responsibility. You have already received the crown as long as you keep the command of God, as long as you do the will of God and he's happy with you. You have already received your crown. Hold on to it. Let no man take it away from you. It is your responsibility to guard it with your whole heart, to guard it with your mind, with your strength, with everything that you got. In other words, your spot in heaven It is your responsibility to secure that spot because God have already, the day you say yes to Jesus, the day you said, I will keep the testimony of Jesus, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I will tell it. I will be an apostle for Christ. I will let everyone know that he was, that he born, uh, from As a virgin, from the virgin woman, Mary, he came into the world to redeem us back to God. And he came through Mary and he grew up and he was dead because he is the word, the living word. And the word became flesh and the flesh dwell with man. And man did not even rec- recognize that the flesh was with, th- the word was with them dwelling as flesh. Their deeds were so evil. And they choose evil more than good. And therefore, they did not recognize the light that came into the darkness to bring them into that marvelous light. But you recognize and you accept the Lord as your Savior, Jesus Christ. And you testify of his life, death and resurrection, burial and resurrection and ascension that is mentioned in Acts chapter 1. And verse uh, 13, 9 to 13, right? You accept Christ and you testify about him. And that the very moment you did that, there was a place for you in his kingdom and a crown. So if you don't get that crown on that last day, it's your responsibility to you who were careless, was very careless with your crown. That's why I say, hold on to your crown. Let no man take it away from you. It's your responsibility. Hold on to it. Be responsible for your crown. Right? So when your Savior returns, you know for sure that your crown is secured. And you will go with your Savior. Because all will be given a crown, a golden crown upon their head and white robe. If you read Revelation chapter 6 and verse 10 to about 14, you will notice the martyred were all given a crown and white robe. And the white robe represents the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You will never dare go before his father. He cannot present you to his father without you change you into that robe of righteousness. Right, because our righteousness is in Him, Isaiah chapter sixty-one and verse uh, ten, somewhere there. But nevertheless, hold on to your crown; let no man take your crown from you. And remember, when God opened a door for for you, no man will sh- be able to shut that door. And the only way is going to open a door for you if you be like the Church of Philadelphia, and let your work be pleasing unto Him. In other words, follow his command. Love on him with your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Put him first and foremost. Remember him in everything that you are doing. Leave him out of nothing. Don't leave your first love. He is the center of your life, the center of your attraction. He is supposed to be on the inside, supping with you and you with him, communicating with you 24-7 everything that you are going to do. Remember, always Beckon unto him always. Ask for his counsel. Always. Allow his sweet Holy Spirit to counsel you, comfort you, and lead you into all truth. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge your God. And he will direct your path. And you won't be able to go wrong. Okay? And everything will be all right. And your crown will be secured. And you will make it into the kingdom, into paradise. walking in and street of pure gold. And entering through the pearly gates, the Lord bless and keep you and may His face shine up on you and give you His peace. Peace in your lying down. Peace when you rise up. Peace when you go out and peace when you return home. And peace upon all your entire household. God bless you.